You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by LimeRevive.org. Information and healing for Lyme disease. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Bob Korzanewski, Executive Director, Career Network Ministry. Thanks for joining us, Bob. Oh, my pleasure. Good to be with you today. So, Bob, we were talking about, before we uh, went on air here, about your your long career in the technology uh, industry. So take us back to that first controller job that you had and tell us how you worked up from there. Great. So you know, I started in Boston, so that might not come out in any of the accent here. Now, I who still, would have ever guessed? Huh? I still park the car in the same place 35 years later. And when you learn proper English, you try not to forget. So from a CPA firm in Boston, one of my clients that was a government contractor here, Halifax Engineering, Young kid, 26 years old, they asked me after they went public to come be their corporate controller. So I was, you know, way over my head and dived into that and somehow managed to survive. And four years later, ended up uh, seeing an opportunity, went to work for SCIC. So started in their environmental business, being the CFO of their environmental business. And then that expanded to most of their non-DOD stuff, space, energy, environment. Uh, later into uh, mergers and acquisitions, uh, commercial and international, transportation, IT. So I did. A, I was blessed to the opportunity at SAIC where, again, they were giving me opportunities I was woefully unqualified to do and running hard not to go down the third time. Uh, and, and at SAIC, um, along with Mike Daniels, we bought a little company called Network Solutions. And at that time, they were the only place where you could register domain names. So we did .com, net, org, edu, gov, and mill, and we did it for a, a couple million dollars for the National Science Foundation. After we bought it, six months later, we convinced the National Science Foundation to let us start charging the end users. So that really was kind of an explosion shortly after that. We were doing 5,000 names a month, and a year later, we were doing a million a month. Uh, SAIC had been a very successful uh, employee-owned company, uh, but yet Bob Beister, the founder of his credit, uh, supported us in spinning Network Solutions public. So that was really a big deal. It was in 97 and kind of the internet was just starting as far as public entities uh, and, and we got out there, uh, established a brand, a powerful business model. I moved over from SAIC uh, to be CFO. Um, had a really fun run. I was. I also became COO because a year later in 1998, we found ourselves without a CEO. And in that crazy market, we, we went out and raised a billion dollars with no CEO. Um, uh, a year later, we went back and raised $2 billion back in the market. So we lived in the public markets because we were trying to get SCIC's ownership percentage down. Um, come uh, February of 2000, we did a $2 billion uh, secondary and uh, VeriSign ended up buying us. Stratton Sklavos, the CEO, was on our board. And so he made an offer on Thursday. We closed on Monday. Um, right about the peak of the internet. That deal was March 7th. The peak of the internet prior to then was, was March 10th, at least for NASDAQ. So pretty quickly found myself uh, in, in a position to be continually over my head and running hard, but loving every single minute that I was working. Uh, after VeriSign bought us, I went on to run corporate development and strategy, and uh, Stratton was very uh, pro-acquisition, so you know, we bought 52 companies in seven years, so wow. 
It was a whirlwind globally going around looking at opportunities and, and buying some really fun companies in that window. Well, somewhere along the way, you, you found your faith. And I, I want to hear how that happened. Yeah. So uh, I was blessed to grow up um, in a strong Catholic household. You know, and, and uh, probably my strongest example is my grandmother, who every day was in that rocking chair with her rosary. And we lived in a Polish community household. So it was my family, but it was my grandparents downstairs and my great uncle. And when my sister got married, we all moved up the floor. And her and her husband and eventually kids all came into our household. Uh, my mother died when I was very young, seven years old. And so my grandmother kind of helped raise us. And the combination of uh, the impact of my grandparents and then my father's commitment to keep us in Catholic school and altar boy uh, really was a found, really good foundation for my faith. Like, like anyone, we go through challenges at various stages of our life. The other blessing I had was uh, down the street was the Irish Catholic Church, and they had a brand-new priest that had just got out of seminary, Father Cullity, and he ended up becoming a friend, mentor, spiritual advisor to me from the time I was 15 till till today. So he uh, he married me and my wife. He's baptized the kids. He just buried my dad a couple years ago. I was visiting with him last weekend in Boston. So he's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say in an overly aggressive way. He's always been there as a sounding board and a mentor to help you when you go through some of those times when you do drift. I think the other part of it, Kyle, is when I came here, I still had a love of the Lord, but I, you know, the just not as active and engaged as as you could be or want to be. And it's really a blessing that the Lord introduces you to people that are going to have an impact on you. And it's really starts with my wife, who we got married and, and both of us started to become more highly engaged in our faith and being much more active. And then it extends to your friends, whether it be a couple's Bible study that, that we've been in for you know, well over 15 years, or whether it be uh, in my ministry uh, that I run today, the people that I'm surrounded with are amazing to me. So they help lift you up and push you and encourage you. And, and I think without kind of the combination of, of all these people that touch your life, it's easy to become stagnant. Right? And, and you got to keep looking for those people that are, whether we talk about mentors from a professional perspective often, and those of us who have been lucky enough to have them, but I think we don't think about mentors from a spiritual side as much, you know, and I would say it's been uh, my mentors that start with my grandparents, but go to, you know, a priest that's been a lifelong friend and continues through through people that we regularly get to interact with that, that uh, a great example of Christ's life on earth and and to try to emulate them and look up to them is, is uh, something that keeps you realizing how short you come every day and keep on trying to stretch. And I, I know you from evangelical circles around town. Now, are you an evangelical Catholic? <laughs> well, about, um, oh, how many years ago now? Probably 10 plus, 12, 13 years we transitioned over to McLean Bible Church. Um, I would say mainly because my, I was on travel one time and one of our neighbors took my wife and kids there and my kids were just so passionate about the message they heard there. So that was really a change for our family. It was probably several years before I felt totally comfortable in that environment, but you know, it's been a real blessing and, and we've embraced the community that is McLean Bible Church and, 
and uh, that community has provided a lot to both my children, but not only my children, my wife and I especially. So uh, I would say that's certainly a, a been a transition, and, and we have a, a, a lot of Catholics in that community that have had a strong faith-based life when they were young, looking for something different and more engaging, and, and it's it's been a wonderful uh, home for us over these last dozen years or so. But there's something to say for the, the majesty in the Catholic Church. I, I every every Christmas Eve, I have to watch the the papal mass because it's so majestic. And uh, and I don't think sometimes the evangelical churches do Christmas Eve uh, as well as no. the Catholics do. So better sing-alongs, but not as majestic. Yeah. So, anyways, look. What I want to hear about is how you integrate your 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 faith with your work, and and not just what you're doing now, but what did you do back when you were, you know, in the go-go days of the internet? Yeah. So those were those were tough days, right? In that we are busy and on planes, and there's a lot of airlines. Happy that I'm part of the million dollar club, million mile club back then. But the, uh, um, I think it was always important that what we did and how we were engaged, how we were showing the love of the Lord and what we do. For us, it was uh, more than outreach, finding, finding people we thought we needed to touch. And so for my wife and I, um, you know, we had a, uh, still have a small foundation. We were highly engaged in trying to figure out people we can touch and how we can have an impact. It transitioned from that when, when I was going through the work side of life and, and realizing some of the things I wasn't doing, my prayer each day when I was on my knees was, Lord, there's a, there's a reason why you have me here. Uh, I hope you're going to show it to me uh, because I'm looking for it. But I'm running so hard, maybe I'm missing it. Right? And so here's the promise I'm going to make to you because there's no reason I should be here. Not my own doing. This is your doing. And so if, if, if I come out the other side of this, I feel like it's time for me to stop doing this and go in deeper search of what it is you want me to do. So prayed that every day for a couple of years, Kyle. And when 2005 rolled around, I had that conversation first with my boss. Loved my job. So much fun, smart people doing acquisitions and business development all around the world. And with we tried it in 2006 and, and uh, to cut back so that I could spend more time trying to figure that out. It didn't quite work as well. So in 2007, I made a firm commitment. I had turned 50. That I was just going to stop working and figure it out. So it was with a lot of reluctance that he agreed to that. And we eventually went forward and do that. When I thought it was going to be, again, through our foundation, we were going to go spend time with nonprofits, kind of both initially on a local basis and we had been involved with an, a number of children's charities on a broader perspective so I was going to uh, I was going to Bible study one night and something told me that I wasn't supposed to be there and so I told the leader of my Bible study I see there's a, a jobs group down the hall something's telling me I'm supposed to be there and I walked in and there were 10 people in a room and uh, the lady said uh, our leaders left six months ago, and we've been praying for a new leader, and I think you're the answer to our prayers. And I said, I am not the answer to your prayers. But I went back the next week, and she gave me the same pitch. And and so it had not been on my radar screen, but became my focus then. And uh, that quickly grew to be supporting several hundred people a week that were in job transition in 2008 and 2009 and, and going forward. And then it became where I would meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. So for the last 10 years, that's where God has decided would be the majority of my time. And uh, I found it to be an amazing blessing to be able to touch people when they're going through 
uh, a difficult stage for them, for their family, um, for their children, their wives. It's, uh, it can be a challenge. And it's humbling to meet with people as I get to who are going through things that I think um, some of them feel like we're, we're, we're reading Job when we hear some of these people's stories, and yet their faith has gotten stronger. They know this is part of God's plan, and you know they're praying for the strength to continue to get through it. So it's, it's humbling to be with those folks. It's certainly been uh, inspirational to me to both support them and, and try to figure out how we can help them. But we've assembled a team of 75 or 80 volunteers who 100% volunteers, and, and for the last 10 years, we've got to support the community that's in job transition. Most of them are not from McLean Bible. About 80% of the people are from outside McLean Bible. Most of my volunteers are not from McLean Bible, but our challenge is to show everyone the love of the Lord that walks through our doors, and that's what we tell people, and that's what we believe together. And so most of the feedback we hear from people is, you know, I, I felt very lonely. I felt alone, and you guys were there for us, and, and I felt the love when I walked in the door, and then the, the amount of caring people. Most of my volunteers have come through the ministry, so they've been there themselves. So that's where we get to do it. Well, thank you very much, Bob. This is Bob Korzanuski here with Carl Grant on Faith at Work. Follow us on Facebook at Faith at Work Radio. Thank you. Yes, I gotta have faith. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant. Brought to you by LimeRevive.org. I gotta have faith, faith, faith.